0: Welcome to the Uncommon CEO Podcast,
1: where we unpack the mindset, skills, and wisdom it takes to become an uncommon leader in a common world. With your host, the Uncommon CEO himself, Andrew Smart.
0: All right. Welcome to this episode of the Uncommon CEO. I'm here with Andrew. Andrew, I know what the topic of today's uh, podcast is, but you're reading any good books lately?
1: Well, Matt, I have a commitment to to reading and studying. I think it's critical. Um, if you're going to live an uncommon way, Mm -hmm. okay, that you've got to, you've got to constantly work on expanding your mind and your thoughts. And the only way to do that is to, to read and to, to, to learn from others. I mean, there's no one guru, so we're constantly leading for others. And so I absolutely had, I mean, you know, a while back we, we did, um, a review of a book that I really enjoy called Never Split the Difference. So I wanted to take this opportunity um, to come to you and share with you what I've just recently read. Good. I'm excited to hear about it. And so, um, but before we get started, all good with you?
0: All's good. I'll tell you. Um, we decided we got a new fridge yesterday and decided to try to move it into my house myself. So I'm a, I'm a little achy today, but outside of that, things are pretty good. They're okay. Pretty good. Okay.
1: It's a uh, that reminds me of my son um, the other day too, because I um, brought him here and did another workout with him. And you know, every time you you, you go to do a workout, you got to up the game just a little bit, right? And so we did that, and it was funny the next day he was telling me about how sore he was, and I said, That's, "That means we did something, son." Yeah,
0: you did it right if you're sore. Yeah, sure, so,
1: so so I said, "Just drink some water, do a little stretching, and that means we we did good work." And I was proud of him. You know, I I can't tell you how proud i am of, of drew and claire um you know both are so they have such good hearts and um they have so many just gifts um my daughter has a cre- creative mind mm-hmm. um i let her do something to me over the weekend um she she, she worked on a facial treatment for me mm-hmm. i don't know what she was painting on my face <laughs> um There's and
0: pictures i hope documentation there, there there is there is
1: maybe i'll share with them sometime mm-hmm. and, uh, but um she she um she she did some facial treatments on me and i'm you know i said well to make my skin look better so the next day i was like am i softer and all these kind of things mm-hmm. so yeah um but but she is creative and they're both just really funny and i am proud of drew he you know he's He's just growing into this little young man, this little mm-hmm. teenager. And, and he has such a good heart and, yeah, he um, you know, just mm-hmm. the love for life. So really blessed there. So, uh, you know, that was, uh, but I had fun working him out. I had fun. And, and you know, it really is really cool working him out because Drew really, he really gravitates to being led and taking good direction. Mm-hmm. And not all kids are that way. Oh, yeah, that's the case for sure. I, I mean, when I push him, and, 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 and I did. I, when we finished our workout routine, I mean, Matt, I had him carrying weights and then dropping the mm-hmm. weights and heading to those heavy ropes and doing all the work there. He never once complained. Good. And and, and that type of mentality is going to take him far in life. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's it's hard. You're breathing hard. But you keep going at it, and so really proud of both of them. But um, today, I, I want to share with you, and I've got my notes here, like I did when we did the last book review. And I like doing book reviews. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a you know, it, it's, it's an opportunity to digest on really big topics and thoughts. And so I'm always looking at different leadership or tactical type books. And so this one, this book was uh, written by Ed Malette. Okay. Uh, ed for people to know ed he um, very highly accomplished um, man he's if you if you list uh, mm-hmm. the top 150 um, kind of greatest speakers and leadership gurus around the world uh, he'd probably be in the top 10 um you know he and he and John maxwell I mean, if, if I would probably put John Maxwell number one and Millett, I'd, I'd probably be in top five mm-hmm. um, really have enjoyed um, you know, learning from him, I, I don't know him personally, obviously, and I don't even know John Maxwell as much as I've studied John Maxwell, mm-hmm. um, but he's, uh, he, he really has the right mindset and he's got a great story. I can identify a lot with his story. Um, he was really close to his father. Um, his father was an alcoholic for the first 15 years of his life,
2: mm-hmm. um, but
1: he, he, will, he will tell you over and over that his father is really the greatest inspiration in his life next to his faith. Um, and, and how he, you know, how his father impacted his life, um, how he saw his father take that issue in his life. And by 15, you know, he didn't throw in the towel. Mm -hmm. He stepped up and, you know, and looked at, you know, it changing his life. And ultimately not just his life, it it impacted all the lives beyond that. I I think I've heard Ed say before that, you know, my father's one decision there impacted all the way to his grandkids. Mm -hmm. And, and so, so his father, um, you know, was a pivotal character's life. And I, um, from what I can grab, you know, his father was a larger than life type person, I Mm -hmm. can tell, but, but Ed's a very passionate guy, very faith-based guy, very family guy. Um, and so, and he's, he spent his life, um, and definitely his adult life wanting to make a difference. He, um, his, his younger part of his life, he, uh, loved sports, um, tried to succeed in baseball. I think he went and maybe played at the minor level, not mm-hmm. positive. I think that's right. Um, but that ultimately didn't work. Like a lot of people who go to that direction. You love baseball. So, you know that. Yeah. I, mean,
0: I didn't quite get that far down the line. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't sure. make it to the pro. So there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: uh, but definitely he's one who loves the value of what sports brings to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, commitment, discipline, hard work, all those things that that are very applicable. I mean, it's why I like to hire people who understand sports, where they play it. But um, it's always good if, you, if, you, if you're hiring someone. Like, let's take someone right out of college that's been in sports and been on a team where they understand the value of sacrifice, hard work, commitment. You know, those people, mm-hmm. you don't have to really say, hey, be on time.
0: All right accountability being shared is already innate.
1: I mean, so I, I love I love sports and I love people who have played team sports that understand they have a role, um, they have a, role, a responsibility, and they might be great. I mean, they might be an excellent athlete, but they know they can't do it all by themselves. Mm-hmm. But Ed's latest book is entitled The Power of One More. And when I saw that book pop up, I've been wanting to read it, um, you know, I, and I've read so, so many leadership books. I, I first, you know, was like, ah, I mean, I mean, maybe I read it. So then outside, I, I, I think I was working out one day and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna get that book.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and, and I did. And, and I, it kind of just opened up kind of telling his story, but, um, it opened up on some really critical points that I wanted to dive into. Mm-hmm. Um, But like I said, it's the power of one more. And when you hear that title, Matt, the power of one more, where where does your mind immediately go?
0: I think it was Warren Buffett that said, if you can get 1% better every day, the compound effect of that is you'll be 37 times better by the end of the year. So the idea of just doing that little extra bit over top of what is needed is sort of the power of one more.
1: Well, you, you've heard me talk about that over the years in leadership. That that if we could approach every day in our business, of uh, if we can just get one percent better, mm-hmm. you know, because we we too often want to to look for those bigger numbers of improvement. Um, I use that, you know, when I when I go and have a physical with my doctor, um, you know, one of the things he often says is he says if I can just get people just to just adjust just this little bit, what it what it would do. Oh yeah. To to their overall results. And so he's he's often saying, you know, you know, people, people end up not following through because they see the circumstance of the issue and they get overwhelmed thinking they got to do all this when they really don't. If they can just change one thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: one thing might make the difference. And so so the power of of one more starts out um, is really about identity. Okay, we are In our life, we too often kind of, kind of fix our identity and stay there.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, and, and he talks about a paradox of identity and, and, and that's where I go. He said, you know, many people know they can improve their lives significantly if they change their identity. However, many people aren't willing to do it.
0: Yeah, that's
1: true. You know, we get locked into, well, this is who I am,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, And then we tell this, you know, have you you ever heard someone say, well, if they don't like who I am, then screw them.
0: Yeah, I've heard that before.
1: Okay. If someone is saying that, well, if they don't like who I am, screw them. Do you think they really like who they are?
0: No. And it shows they're not willing to change either.
1: No, they're not willing to change, but they're actually miserable inside because they don't really like who they are. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they want everyone else to change.
0: Yeah, it's just a crutch.
1: Well, it's a huge crutch mm-hmm. because they're trapped into this identity that they have perceived that can never change. And 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 I think what happens is is they're not they're they're trapped into a depressive mindset of who they are. And and maybe what's happened is is in their life they might've tried to change at one time. And when they tried to change, whatever they tried to change didn't work. Mm -hmm. And so, and and quite often we get wired into that mindset of, well, I tried it, it didn't work, this is who I am. And And then they become the identity trap. It's not just in who we are, often it can be in what we do.
0: You get, it's comfort level. It's people thinking they can't work or do outside of their current means or what they know or
1: just inability to grow. Well, think about it. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, this is all I know?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Well, what they're really saying is, this is all I'm willing to know. Mm -hmm. Virtually the same statement, except you put that one word in there, willing. Mm -hmm. That this is all I'm willing to know. I'm not willing to take any action to go beyond what I know, and so we stay trapped in that paradox of our identity, mm-hmm. and that's that's where they stay in life. I think more people stay that way. It goes on into the book, and he starts to talk about one more in living in your matrix. Now, when you hear the word matrix, I think I brought that up one time in a podcast. We heard the matrix. What, what is the matrix? Well, I mean, it depends if you like movies or not. I mean, that's a well, he fun. references the
0: movie. Okay, yeah, Um it's sort of. Your consciousness of what's around you, I guess it's it's a system within which you function.
1: Okay, so let's let's hone in on the movie because he really uses the the movie as a reference point to this paradox. Mm-hmm. Okay, in in that movie, The Matrix. Let's talk about it, you know that the Neo, right? He mm-hmm. okay, he he's he's in this paradox of Matrix, right? And what was it it was
0: a place where they were farming humans brains essentially where these people were um, in an incubator of sorts and given uh a artificial consciousness of their reality and he was able to choose whether would you like to continue to live within this construct of reality or would you like to be able to impact that reality but knowing that it isn't a true reality.
1: So in that particular story, you you have a gentleman approach the Keanu Reeves character. hmm And he approaches the character and, and, you know, with a situational thought for him to consider. Keanu Reeves has seen his life as a computer programmer. This is where his life lived, and that's how mm-hmm. he saw his reality. But then, you know... Morpheus, right he he then says well what if there's something totally different what if what if what you think you are you're not really and and he and he he puts him in this paradox of decision right he puts this yeah and and so he in that particular case he's he's like look you know I, I, you got you got two choices here you got you got what a blue pill and a red pill right mm-hmm and, it, and one pill is going to say, okay, if you take this and this is how you live, you'll go on living everything that you've always known and everything that you've always been.
2: Yeah.
0: And you'll never know that that other side existed. will never but know. But you'll th- be content.
1: But how mm-hmm. many people choose that pill?
0: The majority of people. I, I think say. so. Yeah.
1: I think most people go through that saying, that's the pill I want. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it, it goes back to a podcast that we did before on uncertainty. Mm -hmm. okay that that i'm not willing to take the uncertainty of what that other pill could lead me to
0: yeah it's the fear of the unknown
1: yeah and so but what we see in that particular movie uh the character was willing to take that pill and that pill led them to a world that they now thought, well, wait a minute, the world that I was living in versus the world now I'm seeing, totally different, right?
0: Yeah, a totally expanded consciousness. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: and and because of that choice, that singular choice, that one choice that that character made changed everything, right? Mm-hmm,
0: absolutely. It opened up a whole new
1: world. Yeah, but if you're never willing to make that choice, if you're never willing to say, you know, I'm willing to take another step, you're never, you, you, you'll always be trapped in this reality that's not really a reality. You're, you're trapped into this, this mindset of this is the best it can be because it'll never get better unless you're willing to take that next step, that one more.
0: People are scared of risk, scared of the unknown, uncertainty.
1: So, you know, we, we talked about, you know, okay, making that choice, you know, going back to the paradox, um, You know, but I I think that I think that goes deeper, and Ed really gets into this talk in his book about okay, first we 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 battle this paradox of what if I made this shift change, okay, Mm -hmm. okay, and so so that first step of that paradox, what if I make this that change? Well, he goes on to diving into what does one more mean in trying? What does it mean to live a life? And everything that you do as a one more try mentality. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you look at a child, okay? From from the baby's born, when a baby born is born, the first step that they make is usually a crawl, right? Yep. I mean, I've never seen a baby come out the wound, just start just taking off. Doesn't happen that way. Unless you're a giraffe. Sure, right. You got to get them up, right? Yeah, (laughs) and so, but if they don't get up, they die. (laughs) Exactly, and so, but what you, you and I both had children. We've both experienced, you know, the stages of them getting to walking, that crawl to walk. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember distinctly, you know, with my children, and and quite often you'll see a baby go grab something and start pulling themselves up. I mean, scooting along, Scooting. I mean, just Mm -hmm. and and then you get to the stage of walking. Okay, well, when they go to walk, what happens?
0: They usually don't nail it the first time. You might get a couple steps out of it and then fall over, And but the excitement of doing it is palpable on their face. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I distinctly remember mm-hmm. you know, watching my children walk. I mean, it was one step fall, two mm-hmm. steps fall. I mean, it wasn't like they jumped up and ready to do this thing, keep going. I mean, mm-hmm. no, it was a one step fall. I mean, there was a fall process within it. But every time they got up to do it again, what did it lead to?
0: Yes, it just got better and better each time. One well, more try.
1: Okay. Think about that in life. Think about that in business. Think about that in relationships. The power of one more. Mhm. But we we too often look at, okay, you know, I've tried that. Didn't yeah. work.
2: Yeah. I worked.
1: tried to talk with, with her. It didn't work. Mhm. You know, I, I've tried this. I mean, ha, have you ever said, I've tried it, it didn't work?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, so, for yeah. sure.
1: If you're honest, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I have. But but has there been a time that you look back in life and said, I wish I'd have tried it one more time?
0: Oh, yeah, plenty of times. Everything that I've learned or gotten skilled at, and hobbies and life and sports or whatever, it's, it's the ones where I pushed through and kept learning and kept getting a little bit better every time.
1: I mean, that's what good coaches are doing. They're 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 encouraging you to try again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Try again. You know, I mean, I mean, it's the um, do you remember do you remember the commercial with Michael Jordan many years ago where the commercial was like him pulling up in a car and there's, I mean, cameras and everything, and starts talking about, you know, in my life, I've missed this many shots. Mm-hmm. In my life, you know, I've, 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 I've had twenty six game ending shots that I've missed. You know, and, and it talks about, you know, all the kind of what quote failures. Mm-hmm. But then it goes on. she says, "You know why I'm successful? Because basically, saying I keep trying." Yeah. My my success is even though I've missed them, I haven't stopped shooting, and that is. I think that that mindset is the key to it all, the one more try, because you don't know just that one more can make all the difference. Mm-hmm. That that one more, I mean, think about it, Matt. How many times have have you worked with a team on recipes and ideas and things like that in their own business, and and it you've tried it many times, it's not it's not it's not working.
0: Yeah, you get ready to throw in the towel, but it's just. Tweak after tweak after tweak until you until you hit it because eventually you will but you'll never find out if you get there if you give up on
1: it. When I have studied entrepreneurs, when I have studied you know historical figures that have helped change the world, every one that I've studied are absolutely similar in the in in the fact that they went through tons of failures Mm -hmm. before the opportunity. They 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 they're. their greatest achievement was on the verge of their greatest defeat Mm -hmm. and that one more is what made the difference i was willing to do it one more i was willing to try this thing for the light bulb you know if i'm jeff Bezos, i was willing to do this one more step or make this one more call i was watching just last night um the coffee battles between dunkin donuts and starbucks Mm -hmm. and you know it, it 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 talked about both um Schultz and I um, can't remember the guy's name. He was the grandson of the guys duck Dunkin' Donuts. Um, in 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 their story, both of them faced difficult challenges. I remember mean, the Dunkin' Donuts guy was like about to get fired by the board, but he asked him, "Give me one more shot to do some. Give me give me a little window mm-hmm. to make some decisions." And it made all the difference. Sure. You know, Howard Schultz, I think he got denied like by two hundred and forty. People for funding, or he called 240 and like 200 something denied him and he got, mm-hmm. he finally got. It. I mean, but what if he, what if he went through 200 phone calls and didn't make that next one? There's one more. And you wouldn't be having Starbucks, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the power of that one more, that one more call. I mean, you know, that, that we, we, we give up sometimes just perseverance. I, I, um, I, I love the story, um, of the guy who who founded Sage Valley. It's a golf course down in Augusta. And if you, if you don't know that story, the reason why he founded that story is because he wanted to be a member of Augusta National, mm-hmm. and they denied him. So he went and built a course close to him. It's every bit yeah. as... I mean, it's, it doesn't have the prestige of Augusta National, but it's every bit as nice as Augusta National. And then he goes on to hire all the caddies from Augusta National. <laughs> but he has, he has a great story, because how did he make his money? Well, um, he in like, I guess his early 70s, um, he recognized this company out of Arkansas that was growing. Um, it's a company called Walmart. You might've yeah, heard of it. Figured you were going there. Yeah, it's a, and and he was a young real estate guy. And he saw, he saw this company and he's like, you know, I, I want to go help them in their real estate development. At that time, interesting enough, uh, I think when he went to him, Walmart wasn't even out of the state of Arkansas. Hmm. So they hadn't expanded out of Arkansas yet. He goes down to um, the headquarters in Bentonville, and he wants to meet Sam, you know, Sam Mm -hmm. Walton. He shows up every day because he's got no appointment with him, but he keeps showing up in the lobby. And I think the story goes by that Friday end of the week afternoon, finally Sam Walton comes up and says, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And he says, I want to handle your real estate. And he ended up being the head guy to... Hmm. Helped develop Walmarts and he um, and how he made his money interesting enough was when whenever you still saw a Walmart being built they, they took a pretty good sized piece of land and he asked if I could if he could build the out parcels in front of the store funny part of the relationship um, in the 90s and some of the expansion and kind of the economy he got in a little trouble financially and and because his relationship was so strong with Walmart they backed him
0: Oh, that's great! They went
1: to, you know, they went to the bank and said, "We're going to back this guy." So he made a he made tons of money, and but kept getting denied to be a member of Gus National, and mm-hmm. that's what he went and did. But you know, what if he didn't stay one more day in Bentonville? Yeah. See, my mind is even if Sam hadn't come out Friday, he'd still been there the next week. I believe it. Yeah, but if he didn't have that that mindset of, well, tomorrow might be the day. You know, because too often we get the mindset that it didn't work today. Why would it work tomorrow?
0: You need the mindset of a perennial optimist, is what you need.
1: Yeah. One more. He also goes into one more emotion. You know, and and, and I'm gonna read a couple of thoughts on that. Um, you know, all of us experience five or six consistent emotions in a home every day, he said. And no matter what your wife conditions are, you're filled, you find a way to get those emotions. I mean, do you ever feel emotions when you're home? What's my wife's emotions today? <laughs> and then I'll respond accordingly. It's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, well, any wise yeah. man would say that, you mm-hmm. know I mean? So, yeah, I mean, if she's good, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but everyone is, uh, of us is conditioned to return to our emotional homes. Uh, even if the emotions don't serve us well. And what he's really talking about is, you know, that the emotional home is what's inside of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what are the emotions that we live day in and day out? and and you know and he says, have you ever noticed that no matter what's going on in your life you always seem to find the same half dozen emotions you know that at any given time there is a repertoire of emotions that we all kind of go to, right mm-hmm. And they're led by I look I know people and I think you know some people that you know the immediate you get a bad situation, they just kind of go off.
0: Yeah, blow their top, or yeah. they just don't know how to handle it and just completely shut down. Yeah, them.
1: I mean, uh, then there's others who, you know, it's like me. If I get if I get some bad news, my immediate first emotion is to internally process before I'm going to respond. Mm-hmm. You know, that I that I that that I got to deal with the inner emotion before I'm gonna let the outer emotion come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we all have these emotions. He goes and says, for example. You may seek out worry, insecurity, fear, and anxiety—not necessarily because you want to. You do it because these emotions are familiar to you, um, and that's a fact. You always gravitate to familiarity, you know, and 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 we're wired to do that. That goes because familiarity leads to what we talked about before. That's our comfort versus uncomfortability. Mm-hmm. You know, we love familiar things. You know, m- most of us don't like embracing unfamiliar. It, the, too often in life, it's it's easier to go to the friends you know versus the ones you hadn't met yet, meaning you hadn't developed new ones. Mm-hmm. And, and quite often, many of us need to develop new friends because our old friends aren't really great for us anyway.
0: Yeah, it's often true. I mean, as life goes, you certainly... You, if you're changing, the people you surround yourself also should be changing.
1: Yeah, but we don't operate that. We, it's like what I've done in business before where um, I wanna grow, I wanna evolve, I wanna change, um, but the people, many of the people with me don't want to. Mm -hmm. So I got caught in that trap, you know, for a long time. Well, sure you do, so I'm gonna drag you through the change. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't work. You know, you, you can't drag people through change, they either want to evolve and want to embrace the change, or they don't. Mm-hmm. And if you drag them, you know you're going to create you know some very bad dynamics. Yeah, that's true. And so, uh, and I, uh, you know, that's that's a good leader, an uncommon leader, absolutely gets the fact that hey, my job's not to force you to go with me. My job's to lead with you, and you make a decision. Are you going? Mm-hmm. You know. Because if I gotta talk you into going with me, you're probably not right for the journey. Yeah,
0: yeah, you weren't ever gonna do it on your own.
1: Well, you know, if if, if I gotta convince you, then then you haven't bought into what I'm mm-hmm. doing and who I am and where I'm going. But if you're constantly having to convince someone, I mean, it's like going back to early dating life. I mean, if you got to constantly work to convince her,
0: yeah, she probably is not the right one.
1: Well, yeah. I can tell you this: it's not going to work out down the road.
0: Yeah. For sure.
1: I mean, I mean that's. I mean, you don't want to be with someone that you got to constantly convince.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you want to be with someone who has bought into you and is with you through. You know, because I mean, life's that journey, man. It's 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 a growth uphill, and that hill has a lot of obstacles. Mm-hmm. So every time you go through an obstacle, you want to turn around, and try to convince them to go through an obstacle with you.
0: Nope.
1: No, that yeah. doesn't work. That doesn't work. So. So he goes on in the book in this one more mindset. He talks about one more dream. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Okay. What do you like about dreams? Well, I mean,
0: sometimes it allows you to be in a place that you you might not have had the opportunity to be in. Um, I like dreams because it gives you hope, gives you optimism, gives you something to strive for.
1: Well, Matt, would you consider yourself a creative guy? I'd like to
0: think so. Yeah, I'd like to
1: think, I think I think I'm a creative guy. We have our creativity in different areas, but mm-hmm. but love creativity. Here's the deal about dreams. Okay, can you imagine a life that doesn't have dreams and ideas and thoughts? I mean, I mean, you know, when I mean, we're taught as children, you know, to dream. Mm-hmm. And if you're a good parent, you teach your children to dream big. I mean, I mean, I, I always want to have big dreams. Mm-hmm. i mean i mean i, I can tell you in my life i've had big dreams i hadn't always had big resources but i've had big dreams sure yeah and so and anyone who's ever achieved any big dreams will be honest and said i might not have big resources but i had big dreams mm-hmm. and so but the dream is the catalyst to the opportunity i mean because the dream is visualizing you know whatever it is you're you're visualizing what what isn't but what can be mm-hmm I mean, if you can never dream of being great, you'll never be great. If you can never dream that that an idea can become reality, it'll never be reality.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so, dreams to me is what makes life truly, you know, great. I mean, that's that is. I mean, the idea of not being able to. To have dreams is a very sad thing. What happens is 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 that you know many people go through life and they have dreams, and then their dreams might get stomped on. Mm-hmm. You know because I learned this as a young entrepreneur. Be careful who you share your dreams with. See that's mm-hmm. that's that's the one thing. that actually, I, I teach in leadership and and love teaching younger people who have come. You know, and, they, and they're sharing with me their dreams. I'm a good person to share your dream with. Because I'm, I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to value you, and I'm going to give you some thoughts. You know, I'm not going to make decisions for you, I'm going to give you some thoughts. But I, I was recently um, talking with a young lady who wanted to start a podcast, mm-hmm. um, and she came to me um, to just listen to some ideas and thoughts, and I told her. I told her about the story, told her about how we you know, got this podcast started, how we started couple of years ago with an idea and then it and fast forward over here. Mm-hmm. And, and so we had this great time together. She actually asked me, when are you going to write your book? I said, well, I'm going to get mm-hmm. around to that dream. Some point yeah, it's, 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 it's a dream that I do want to make a reality. But I, I told her that I said, I, I love where your mind's going. I love that your willingness to be bold and step out on your ideas. But I told her, be careful who you share them with because, you'll want people to buy into your dream you'll see it you'll believe it you'll you'll see all this kind of stuff and you'll be like why can't they see it it's because they can't see it and you want them to buy into it and jump on board with you and most of those people you're going to go to are family yep they
0: don't mind stomping on dreams
1: family will stop on dreams faster than anybody yep you know that i promise you i've lived it experienced it you know if you if you're leaning in that direction and and she said, You're exactly right. I said, it doesn't make them bad. That doesn't mean anything like that. You just have to be careful who you share your dreams with. And if you if you're sharing with someone who, you know, doesn't have some type of dreams themselves, or they haven't, you know, gone through and experienced some dreams, then you're you're going to you're going to get constant, what I honestly would say would be some negative, hurtful feedback. And and, and I lived that. I knew what that was like. I knew as a young guy that wanted to step out and do things and be bold and take risks. And when you're surrounded by people who said, you're going to fail, why are you doing that? You know, it, just, it can be very deflating. So you have to be careful who you share your dreams with. But the idea of one more dream is embracing the future.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I always want to be a forward guy. I don't want my life being dictated by my past. Mm-hmm. Okay, as a guy who loves history, I understand the importance of, of, of evaluating past, but I don't want to, to that to define who I am. I always want to be defined by where I'm going, not where I've been. Mm-hmm. So many people in life want to be defined on where they've been, what they used to do, what they were back then. I never want that to, I. I want to be defined as a man who is always growing, always learning, always getting better, that I've gone through so much at this stage in my life and yet I realize how much I don't know and how much I, you know, that, and I want to live in the power of what one more can be. And I want to live that till the day I die, what one more. That's a true mindset that the best is always in front of you, right?
0: Yeah, because anybody that's just looking in the rear view the whole time, probably doesn't have a dream to come. They're just resting on their laurels because of what happened or what skills they bring to the table. But if you're not constantly, like, like you said, honing your discipline blade, you're, you're not getting better.
1: Well, I believe, I believe, like I said, from a young kids, that all of us born with a, with a God given ability to dream, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the dreams are all measured in a different ways to, to dream. But most of us die with our dreams. You know, most dreams never become reality. It's like I've said this many times, and I learned this from John Maxwell that the greatest ideas and the greatest dreams and the greatest inventions are all in the graveyard mm-hmm. because they were never acted on. And for whatever reason, they were never acted on. Don't want to be that. I want to always take one more dream. And if this dream didn't work, I want to go to the next. I mean, I want to take one more. Power of one more. He goes on to one more habit. Now, you and I have talked a lot about habits. Mm -hmm. and so um habits are patterns that we already know right yep okay and we've talked about you know that habits can be good and bad right absolutely you can have a bad habit of eating
0: cheeseburgers every day or have a good habit of eating a salad every day
1: and so the habits become what he says like autopilots of our life we we operate in habits in our life. Mm-hmm. That is where, you know, you know that is that is where you know that most of our lives truly are are governed by mm-hmm. our habits. And so so he talks about what we've talked about before is where are your habits? You know, what are what are the habits that are serving you and what are the ones that aren't serving you? Mm-hmm. and what can you do in them and how can you look at basically creating one more good one mm-hmm. because in order to have an effective life you've got to minimize the bad ones and you got to optimize the good ones and it's outside it's not just
0: health i mean it's how you interact with people how you focus on the good in life yeah
1: you know? you know i heard a i heard another uh leader um a uh, motivational guy said, you know, we are governed by our habits and the opinions of others.
0: Hmm. There's truth to that for sure.
1: He said, convenience and greatness cannot coexist. I love that and It is so true because we as humans love convenience. I love convenience. I mean, we live in a world that absolutely, you know, monetizes convenience.
0: I mean, I bought the fridge I got it yesterday's because our ice maker just kept not working and Man, having an ice maker again is a game changer. I mean, yeah. It's just silly little things like that, but our whole consumerism is based off of convenience.
1: And we've talked about that. We've, we've talked about this word convenience before, and you're right, we pay for convenience. Mm-hmm. We pay for service, convenience. I mean, convenience matters, but greatness and, and, and convenience don't coexist. Sure. I mean, you know, you, you become great in in things that are hard. Mm-hmm. You don't become great inconvenience. And and so, you know, he, he talks about inconveniences are the challenges you must overcome to have a shot at accomplishing anything significant. And it's so true. You know, it if you're going to do anything significant, it has to be difficult. Because if it's not, guess what? You're not going to appreciate it anyway.
0: Yeah. And it's probably not going to be appreciable if it's not. It's, it's, it's a little difficulty to it. Because anybody know, could do it
1: it's kind of like leading. It's kind of like being in a position uh, of the head of this organization. Okay. Um, I didn't take the elevator to that.
0: Nope.
1: No, it's been a climb. It's been a fight. It's been a journey. And it continues to be that way. It's not, it's not a position of convenience. Okay. It's a, it's a position of responsibility. That's taken a lot of hard work Mm -hmm. to get there. So he's so right. When we talk about, you know, paying the price. And you know, I've heard it say, you know, you, you you're gonna always pay the price.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you pay the price, if you pay the price right on the front side, if you do the work, if you do the things necessary, it's kind of even personally, if you, if you if you if you if you you know build your finances right and you make good decisions and you don't do stupid things, you pay the price now, what will it mean on the other side? Well, I know my parents seem to be vacationing
0: what seems to be once a month so that's one they paid a price <laughs> they did they yeah.
1: paid a price but here's the deal if they didn't do those necessary steps on the other you know the earlier stages of their life they'd be paying a price right yeah absolutely or coming to somebody else to help bail them out and that's a failure in our society because you know what happens is is people don't want to pay the price and then they want other people to pay the price for them mm-hmm I mean that's a sad state where you know, and I could go down a whole road on that one, but yeah, it's pay the price. You pay it early, you're going to pay the price late. No matter what, you're going to pay the price. The last part I want to talk about is one last one more.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, it goes on talking about difficult, challenging, and tragic things happen to everyone, which means there will come a time in your life when these things happen to you. We don't ever think we, we don't wake up every day well, oh, that's going to happen to me. Well, guess what it is. Mm-hmm. You know we're always looking at if we can get to this stage, everything's going to be great. If I can make a lot of money, I won't have any worries. Yeah, you will. Yep. Asking anybody who's made some money, and you get more problems sometimes. <laughs> that's right. You get more <laughs> problems. Mm-hmm. You know, but we think if we can just get to this stage, this way that 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 it won't be difficult, and and that's like we're trying to always reach a finish line. Well, the only true finish line is when you did. And so we need to always be living into that one last, one more. What's one more thing that we can do? We need to go through life. We need to go through the day saying, did I do everything? Could I, or was there one more thing that I could have and should have done? All of us can say that that we've gone through days where we could have, should have, and didn't. But we need, you know, to exercise that opportunity of one more because you don't know if you get that one more tomorrow. So you better make that one more action today. Ed's had a mindset of what he's done in his life to expand time. You know, he he talks about, uh, you know, we're conditioned to think on a 24-hour day, right? We're conditioned to think that, that our day is subject to 24 hours. And he's, he's created a process in his life where he's basically created three days into one day. And what he's saying is is he's, he concentrates in those hours to make these big decisions, you know, like he said, I'm going to from six to 12, I'm going to make these business decisions, these, these, uh, th- this time of prayer workout, these to say, he, 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 mm-hmm. he says, I'm going to make sure that I maximize this first six hours, maximize it. And then I'm going to take this other part of my day and I'm going to spend it doing whatever he has laid out. And I'm going to maximize it in that and he puts about maximizing, gap times rather than looking at what happens is we go through the whole day. and We kind of lollygag around and we don't, we, we don't press in decisions and we don't do these things. And he said, it's not that I don't have days where he says where I watch Netflix or I do things mm-hmm. like that. But what I do is, is I make sure that I maximize that time. You know, if I'm at work on Monday and when I'm at work at eight, you know, which was at eight o'clock, eight to 12 to whatever, I am going to make sure that I made a bunch of decisions that I that I that I that I took a lot of action during that time, you know. And so I get where he's going. You're maximizing gap windows and you're shortening down that time frame because if you go into the day, well, I've got from eight to five to do all this. Mm. You're going to be slow in making decisions, aren't you?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, you're going to be slow to act, or you're going to do. And we're all guilty of it, you know. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll push that off to later in the day. Yeah, or to tomorrow. To tomorrow, I'll, I'll push off making that phone call. I'll push off having that discussion. I'll push off to rather than if we will concentrate, concentrate and we will realize that we can get one more in. Mm -hmm. We can make one more effective decision. Bottom line is, you know, he goes on to say, you can't control the end, but you can control the story in between. Hmm. Love it. I like that. It was a great book. You know, it, it, you know, it goes along with many things I've read before and other leaderships, but it was a combination of really about how important it is to know to make one more decision, one more action, one more thing that could change everything. And I really love the fact that, you know, you know, failure and success is really often in the gap of one more decision.
0: What is your biggest takeaway from the book?
1: I, I really think it's it's just it's just that, Matt, to not waste time hesitating in making that that decision that one action that could change everything i think too often we want to ruminate on those
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know rather than making a decision you know and that that one more will lead to another one more you know rather than sitting back wasting time processing rumination. make one more decision that could change everything in life in business relationship you name it one more action could mean everything Thanks for joining us today on the Uncommon CEO Podcast. Subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. We have video episodes on our YouTube channel and more uncommon wisdom on our social media. Find all our links and resources at
0: uncommonceopodcast.com. For Andrew Smart and all of us here at the Uncommon CEO,
2: stay uncommon.